Shut up and sit down. Hi, I'm Corbin. And I'm Katie. And we are the, the Vagabonds. Two best friends adventuring through the world of lady stuff, one episode at a time. We don't give medical advice, and we don't seek for anyone other than ourselves. We're just recording conversations we'd be having at bars anyway. That's your cue. Yeah, hey. that's true. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys. Uh, we, got this, we got this podcasting thing down. Yeah, I'm we still do. a little like post nap hungover right now. <laughs> I took a long afternoon nap and oh, I am just exhausted because I looked at residency programs all day. Yeah, yeah, it's very stressful. Yeah, there's a lot going on there. It's a little, like there's so there's like 200 some like 276 or something OB/GYN programs in the U.S. Like, how am I supposed to pick 50 of those? I don't know. I have a, like, a very self-defeating coping mechanism to when I have a lot of work and (laughs) to do and anxiety is just, like, avoid it for as long as possible to the point where it's, like, self-destructive. Yes. Yeah, that's my life That is me. I'm avoidant. Yeah. Christine, my, uh, my, my wife totally is a like she's a planner she gets into it when something frightens her she like studies it when I, something frightens me i'm like well fuck that yeah <laughs> i'm Let's not pretend interested. that that's not a thing right. pretty much yeah every day this week i've been like oh i should like work on my application or i could uh make a cat toy out of fabric scraps <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a better idea <laughs> i like that idea <laughs> i've been working on my cats like scratchy thingy out of um uh cardboard boxes lately nice it's i um well. i started binging a new netflix show what show uh riverdale oh yeah i don't know that one it's i really like archie it. comics oh yeah i really like it all right but with a dark twist it's like uh it's it's i think it's really interesting because they play off of um like the whole genre of 1950s high school but in mm-hmm. modern times and so they like are very self-aware of playing off that genre while being like a modern twist on it it's also very beautifully shot yeah i've heard that yeah mm-hmm. but it's archie comics with a dark twist yeah okay. it's based on archie comics right that's the characters are yeah the characters that's that's weird yeah <laughs> all right eh, well whatever might have to look into that i'm not is a it, huge archie comics fan but i mean it's give just, it a dark twist and who knows is it on netflix yeah it's on netflix is that who made it or is it made by the cw i don't know uh, i think the things. cw made it okay well anyway this is not an endorsement of the cw no formerly the wb when we were children and classic throwback uh what did you do this weekend dave I went to a uh, Comic Con in uh, Chicago, Wizard Wizard World Con. As I wish it was the Wizard World Cup. Yeah. I, um, yeah. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not a big Comic Con person myself, but uh, my wife likes things like that, so uh, we went. Got to see a lot of strange people and uh, got to enjoy a Klingon Klingon pop singer. Oh, uh, that's cool. Yeah. Were they good? Yeah, she was very she was very good. Yeah. It was just her and a guitarist. Oh nice. Man. Um so yeah. What is your wife's like f- fandom? What is her Oh well she's into uh Wonder Woman. Uh nice. She loves Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. 
um, many of the, I guess, Wonder Woman, Marvel? Yeah. yeah Marvel, Marvel, DC? DC, I think. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. DC? One of them. Question mark? I don't know. Sorry. Sorry, super listeners comic who, book people. Right. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah, I went and uh, I, I went mostly to, um, I don't know, just be there to uh, wrangle the kids when such things were necessary and uh, went to one or two sessions, but I could take it or leave it. I think it must be DC, actually. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel that might be true. If I'm we were good hosts, look. we would look it up. I am looking at yeah, the banter portion. It is DC. <laughs> DC <laughs> Comics. I Googled it. There we go. Nice. Because what is Marvel? It's like Marvel's the Avengers. The Avengers. The Avengers. I think yeah. Supergirl. And uh, I just That's watched Doctor DC. Strange. Oh, yeah. I oh, just no, watched no, that recently. It's really good. The movie. But, yeah. The, I thought it was the great. Movie. Uh, it's really, really good. The only thing that distracted me was. um. The medical parts at the beginning. Oh yeah, are so terrible. <laughs> yeah, he like gets sterile and then he touches his, his mask. mask. I know. I'm like, dude, you're not sterile anymore. It and then he like nuts. drops his hands and puts them back up. And you're like, what's the point of putting your hands up if you're gonna drop them? Yeah. So for the view- listeners, if you drop your hands, you're no longer sterile. It, also, if you touch anything that's not sterile, you're not. Sterile. You're not sterile. But and he, nobody gets the medicine stuff right. It's no, it's it's like do. the most complicated thing in the world for people, I guess. Well, it's crazy because you could literally hire a doctor for an hour, yeah, of work. Well, to and they fix do all that crap. Yeah, and they suck at it apparently. I, I they do, do, but I think probably my guess is that they do have somebody who is you know there to advise them, and in the end, the director goes, "Okay, yeah, yeah, whatever." Yeah, uh, yeah I don't remember if it was that movie or if it was a different show I was watching, but they also like weren't wearing masks in the OR. Oh, so that you could like see their faces, and I was like, no, like you definitely have to wear a mask <laughs> when you're performing surgery. Another thing with Doctor Strange, they were like, cr- they were doing like intracranial brain operation. They're like, cranial nerves are intact. <laughs> you're like you can't see those from like, here you can't see the cranial nerves and you can't test i mean you could like if your patient them. was awake you could yeah but. but he wasn't and i guess you could give them some shocks but anyway yeah uh it's great but yeah also the big sick which is a really good movie probably the best movie i've seen in a really long time mm. but it was kind of bad with some of the medical stuff which is kind of surprising considering the like one of the main premises in the big sick is that somebody is in the sick in the hospital Mm. So, hmm. Well, I need to watch this movie. Anyway, the anyway. point is, Hollywood producers, you can hire us. Yeah, and we will fix your. We're offering for our you. services, um, but I will just give my opinion on Doctor Strange. You can, you have to pay attention to that movie a lot, which is if I'm watching like a Marvel movie, I'm not really into like paying super close attention to it. So, yeah, there's a pretty important storyline in it. Yeah, I was like, meh. Yeah. So anyway. What are we talking about today, Corbs? We're talking about why we should all be feminists. We should all be feminists. So this is the first ever book review, badge bonds, book review, book club, book club. meeting of book club. We were Corbin and I rode together feminist to our, Bible uh, study, our podcasting bunker today. And uh, <laughs> as we were walking in, I was like, Corbs, I feel like we're both carrying our books with like our notes in them. I was like, Corbs, I feel like we're going to a Bible study. Yeah. <laughs> feels very bible study-ish but um what was the other thing i was gonna say uh great question i don't know oh i saw this thing on the internet this weekend that was like um 
someone said something about how like instead of calling people feminists we should just call everyone who's not a feminist a sexist and then someone commented and they're like that's why people hate feminists and i was like uh fuck you nope you're like that's actually true like if you don't believe anyway we'll get to it but (laughs) i was just like very mad so um i tweeted out and put on facebook a link to the ted talk that this book is based on this weekend Mm -hmm. so hopefully people can watch it it's really short the book's really short you can get it on amazon Uh, but it's worthwhile read a worthwhile listen i thought yeah but yeah agreed i so i confess that i uh did not read the book but i did watch the ted talk it's okay because that's the same is it the same thing? Are you it sure it's the, the same, same thing? thing? Yep. Yeah. Because oh, I watched the first part of the TED Talk and it's the same. I feel much better. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's why I tweeted it out. We're on the same page. All right. Literally and figuratively. Good. She's yeah. a an, she's a great speaker. She is an incredible and speaker. She is a yeah. She and is. she has such a um. I don't know. It was it was such a such a wonderful delivery mm-hmm. and uh, almost a a uh, a joy in talking about the. Uh, the crappy bits of uh, society and, yeah, and, and, I, and how true. men treat women and the, yeah. not, not joy and how men treat women, but in talking about she it. She definitely found the humor in it. Yeah. I, I feel like. Yeah. yeah. Which is essential. I mean, yeah. I think she, yeah, like approaches the subject in a very like non-judgmental way, in a welcoming way where you're like, she's not, I mean, she's calling out some bullshit society things, but mm-hmm. she's not, you know, she's not being mean about it to like. In, you know what I mean? Some people can right, be aggressive yeah. and like, and militant and people, you know, have their reasons to be aggressive and militant, you know, like there are, there are some things yeah. to be aggressive and militant about. Right. Exactly. If you're not angry, you're not paying attention. Right. Right. But, um, you know, just the way she approached it, you, it kind of feels like she's like your friend and you're talking and she, I don't know. Yeah. I'm just enjoyed. I enjoyed also listen to it. I enjoyed listening to her yeah. speak. I wish she was my friend. Yeah, no kidding. I want her to be my friend. Um, but she's written other books. I'm just going to talk about this now so I don't forget later. Yeah. So um, she's written other books, including... Wait, wait do, do we even mention her name? Oh, no. So Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie is her name. She's incredible. So she's written other books, including Americana, uh, Half of a Yellow Sun, and The Thing Around Your Neck. And she also is a recipient of a MacArthur Fellowship, which I don't know what that is, but it sounds important. Maybe I'll look that up important. later. But... It's for uh, smart people. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's definitely for smart people. So she's from Nigeria, which she talks about in her TED Talk. Um, and now she splits her time between the U.S. and Nigeria, apparently. That's what it says on the cover, or the dust cover. Is that what that's called? Mm-hmm. Anyway, so uh, should we dig in? Let's dig in. So what were your like overall thoughts for this book? Um... I thought it was interesting. I mean, just when she begins, she, she, I mean, kind of introduces like what the the title says. We should all be feminists. Um, she talks about how when the idea of feminism was first introduced to her, she it was introduced as like a bad term, like mm-hmm. you should not want to be that. Um, but then eventually, she and people gave her lots of reasons why you know she shouldn't want to be a feminist and um but eventually you know kind of come back to comes back to the title we should all be feminists but one thing I kind of related to which was kind of in the middle of the the book where she was talking about 
how ingrained we are, I feel like, especially as women, to really feel chained to the like idea of what it means to be a woman and like she talks about what it means to be like a good wife or someone who would be a good wife Uh and it's really hard to I mean I've heard men I respect talk about um you know like men in the social justice circle talk about oh my girlfriend she's like she's super smart and like woke if you will but also like can cook and it's like why would you bring that up (laughs) right you know that's how ingrained it are where these like progressive people still bring crap like that up yeah and it's still hard not to like also i feel like with image i mean this is kind of a rambly disjointed the idea that for someone to want you or for someone to like be you know want you as a wife or for you you have to like look a certain way or be beautiful or Mm -hmm. have certain cooking skill you know what i mean right yeah so no i totally agree like in so well it's kind of like what she said too like we can use the idea of like not being married as like a threat to women but we can't use that for men right like i think that's kind of like what you're getting at is like we can be all these things but we also still like have to be this like perfect idea of a housewife in order to complete our what is our real goal in life quote unquote real which is to be married right and have a family and yeah that's like yeah and it's interesting because i like you know, I think it's good to want to be married and it's also okay not to want to be married. Yeah. But why don't we have, you know, because in many ways marriage can be a really good thing, right? Like it's companionship, it's all of these, you know, and uh, she brought it up, you know, in her talk. But why don't we have men aspire to that as right. well? That companionship and yeah. that that mutual respect relationship. Right. So I, speaking of this kind of thing, uh, I posted a couple of months ago on Facebook, um, you know, those e-cards that have like the people on it and then it's just, you can write whatever you want. So, uh, it says, I'm so domestic, it's anti-feminist. And then they crossed out anti-feminist and wrote, I'm so domestic and it's still feminism because you can be devoted to women's equality and still be fiercely devoted to your family and home. Stop stereotyping feminists, feminists as being anti-men and anti-family. And, I really like that because like she talks about that in the middle of this book like why don't we do why don't we give people jobs because of like interest and enjoyment instead of because of gender like I like doing laundry because I'm like obsessed with folding things like I like folding things I like wrapping presents I like neat corners I like things to be folded like neat and tidily and so like my like Adam like knows not to fold my laundry like because I'll just refold it (laughs) And, like, I enjoy doing that, but I hate washing dishes. <laughs> so, like, he washes the dishes. Yeah. I thought I it was, know. you know, and she spoke about how even women, like, and I, I've i read elsewhere that even if women and men are both, like, employed outside of the yeah, home, yeah, yeah. oftentimes women will still take on most of the role of, like, house, you know, right. taking care of the house. And um, they're also... For instance, they talk about women being able to balance home and family. Like, we don't really talk about men being able to balance right. home and family because it's not expected of them to be able to be there for their, like, kids at the, the school when they need them or yeah. at home cooking a meal or whatever. Yeah. Well, so, so that she, let's see what she says. Um, 
She says, I know a woman who has the same degree and same job as her husband. When they get back from work, she does most of the housework, which is true for many marriages. But what struck me was that whenever he changed the baby's nappy, she said thank you to him. What if she saw it as something normal and natural that he should help care for his child? Right. I think, yeah. I saw this. Or like when dad's quote unquote babysit. Babysit. That pisses me off so much. I'm like, you okay, you're not a babysitter. Like, you're their parent. You're a parent. There's a, I saw this thing on Facebook that was like, you know, it was like one of those clickbait titles, but it said, why I don't help my wife with housework. And it was basically about how you don't help your wife with housework. You do, you do housework, housework because you live there. Yeah. And you take care of your kids because they're your kids. All you have to do is like switch those around. Right. And be like, why I help my husband with housework. Right. Like, how you know, just like switch it around and, it, and, and it sounds so stupid. It sounds so stupid. Like, yeah. my wife babysat our kids. Like, right. It doesn't, you know, people re- realize the absurdity of that. Yeah. And like, unless you're, unless your partner's already doing something, you are not helping them. Like, okay. Like if Adam was like, like doing, you know, like, okay, let's say he like was changing our tire and I like helped him unscrew the lug nuts. Like then I'd be helping him because he was already doing it. Like that's the definition of help. Like the help default, like presumes that someone is already doing something and that is already someone's job. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway. And that they're already responsible right. for it. And, yeah, I don't know. You know, when, when I was listening to the TED Talk, I found myself analyzing my own life. And, I, I you know, I, I like to think that I'm a, I'm a good father and a good husband in the sense that I do the things that need to be done. There are certain things that my wife does and there are certain things that I do though that are very stereotypical. Right, yeah. And I guess that's not a terrible thing. I mean, I know some things I would, you know, she would rather give up and have me do and there are some things that I would rather give up and have her do, but we seem to have fallen into certain roles. What do you guys think about falling into those roles even though you strive not to be a, you know, even though you strive to have these, you know, sort of feminist ideas and these, yeah, and these, uh, you know, equal, equal, these ideas of equality. Yeah. So, um, well, so actually Adam and I have talked about this a lot. Well, first of all, that doesn't really happen. Like my life, that doesn't really happen because, Adam has been gone now for like four weeks. He's like on a away rotation. You guys, you feel like you have not had a chance to fall into roles. (laughs) No, because we like separated for months at a time, multiple times. Yeah, a lot. So yeah, exactly. We don't like, I think for us, like we both have to be able to do everything because you never know when one of us won't be there. And so yeah, like there was one time when we first got married, I like needed, I like asked him to change the light bulb. And he didn't do it, didn't do it. And I was like, hey, will you change a light bulb? And he's like, you know how to change a light bulb? And I was like, okay, yeah, you're right. Like, <laughs> I definitely can go stand on the bed and change a light bulb. Like, it's not that hard. Yeah. And there's something else like that, too. Actually, oh, actually she brings up in the book how we teach women to cook but not men. And she's like, how odd it is yeah. that we would not teach yeah. the population how to sustain themselves. Yeah. yeah. I, what, I know. I think... The, the way she said it seemed to indicate like, how, why would you, why would you give control of feeding yourself, of sustaining yourself 
exclusively to somebody else. Yeah. Right. It, well, it's as if like women are here to take care of men. Yeah. yeah you know. We're, yeah, we're like quote unquote the caretakers. Yeah, I know. Uh, there is another um, another part where um, you know she talks about how basically sexism is hard on you know men and women and she talks about how um sexism basically leads to men having fragile egos yeah mm-hmm. i really accept that oh man i could i could totally get behind that yeah and she talks about how it also it does a greater disservice to women because or girls who yeah. are taught to cater to men's fragile yeah. egos and i don't know i think any woman in the world is has like experienced mhm having to you know fragile masculinity yeah fragile masculinity having i mean it's and i mean to be completely honest it's i mean fragile masculinity is dangerous in this world yeah it is you know it kills yeah, people. people get killed right and um which is yeah. ins- which is freaking insane yeah but, i mean you teach the girl like you know just the way for instance elementary school girls are you know taught to be like submissive right. and compliant and- well that's like the the like bouncing off that like i wrote down the part when she talks about how like important it is to be likable she was talking about her friend who started a job who had like very similar characteristics as a predecessor um who was male and how she you know people said that she was uh uh what was the word that she was aggressive and difficult to work with um because even though she like dealt with things the same way because she was female and how like important it is to be likable because Mm -hmm. a lot of times because we have to cater to fragile masculinity. Like it's yeah. important. Like there's nothing more dangerous than being an un- unlikable woman in mm. the working world because because of the because the w- the world is the way it is. You have to like if you're not likable, like men can destroy you, basically, which sucks because they have the power. Right. It's a classic bitchy versus t- tough. Yeah. Um. Well, like labeling bossy versus leadership skills. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which I've been called bossy a million times in my life, and Get now out. oh, I know, right? So hard to believe. So hard to believe, right? But my mom said it to me the other day, and I was like, uh, "I have leadership skills. Thank you very much." I'm like, "Do you want your surgeon to be bossy? Like, who gives a fuck? No, you want them to be able to make a damn decision to save your life. Like, I don't right. care what you think about my personality. Like, I'm gonna save your life, and that's what matters." Do we need to go in? Do we need to go into why mom called you bossy? Yeah, because I make decisions. Because well, <laughs> I mean the specific. <laughs> No, that's like that's case. every time that I've been called bossy is because like no one else can make a goddamn decision. It drives me nuts. It's one of my like most annoying things about other like my biggest pet peeves is when like literally no one cares and no one will make a decision and then I'm just like, "Hey, this is what we're doing." And then if people like get pissed, I'm like, "Okay, well, well then, then you should have made, made a decision." Yeah, yeah. It pisses me off. But then people are like, "Oh, you're bossy." And I'm like, "Yeah, because you guys are being assholes." Sorry. No. I I agree. I totally agree. Uh well, and you wouldn't call like you know the th- the point is too. You wouldn't call a dude bossy for being like, okay, we're gonna no. do yeah. this, this, and this. And yeah. yeah, that is exclusively right. a term used for women. Yeah, that's very annoying. I which remember- is- so is bitchy, which annoys me. Yeah, too. Re- unless it's being used to emasculate a male. Right. right. It, yeah. That's okay. true. Yeah. What were you gonna say, Corpse? Um, I remember when I was. She does bring up emasculate, which mm-hmm. I'll go. I'll. I have a little story after this, but um, I remember growing up, and maybe this will sound a little like disjointed because I haven't fully processed it. But like when I was a kid, obviously, you know, I'm in medical school, so I did tradi- well in like traditional classroom environments. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I remember always like growing up and there were some boys in my class who were like probably, you know, smartish. <laughs> they were, you know, on the higher probably end. Not of, as smart as Corbin. Though. Not as smart as me. <laughs> but uh, damn straight. But they were like they definitely didn't like live up to, to their potential like they mm-hmm. didn't try right but teachers always like would be like oh you know give them a second like oh you're so bright like you have all this potential but you just yeah. like won't focus in class right and sometimes they think man what if that had been me you know like people i because i like conformed to the rules of the classroom did my work that's why I succeeded. Right. Because as a woman, like, that's what I'm expected to do. But the men, the or boys, rather, at that time, were given all these second chances yeah. to succeed because teachers saw their poten- quote-unquote potential. Well, and it's like, nobody would have seen that in me yeah. if I had it, you know what I mean, conform to all of these rules. And it's just such bullshit. And still, you know, I succeeded overtly over top of them. Right. But still, they're the ones that are praised for being smart or praised right. for being, you know what I mean? Praise for having potential yeah right. which is interesting because so the, the implication there is oh they have so much potential we don't really care if they live up to that potential yeah. we just want so, we just are happy they have that potential i have like three things to say about this number one is the fact that boys are allowed to have potential like girls aren't allowed to have potential girls just are what they are and boys are like allowed to mess up like a million times and have potential right. and like and you hate to ruin their, you know, you'd hate to ruin their future after yeah. they raped someone right. and send them to prison. Yeah. Um, number two, so there's been studies about how, like, girls, the reason that girls traditionally don't like to go into STEM fields is because they're, like, a lot of times it's because you're, like, afraid of failure. And the reason that is is because, like, when we're little, because, like, as a girl, you're told you are smart or you're not smart or you are good at math or you're not good at math. Whereas boys are told, oh, you could be so good at math if you would just pay attention. Oh, you would be good at this if you could like, they're like given ways to work towards their goals. Whereas girls just are or are not. And so like when girls fail, it isn't seen as like a, oh, here, you can have another chance. Oh, here, you just need to do it this way. Oh, here, you can just like, we don't make allowances for little girls when they fail. It's just inherently how they it's are. It's just you either are good at something or you're not good at something. And so then when they, in STEM, you fail a lot. Yeah. And like, that's part of research. Or life, I mean, life you fail. Right. Like if you pursue a creative endeavor, yeah. you know. Exactly. And like, that's part of, like, research is like figuring out how to work around a failure. Like, that is what research is. It's, like, the most important thing that you learn from research. And so if you are told your whole life, like, either you're good at something or you're not. Like, I dealt with this when I didn't get into med school the first time, which we should do, like, a whole episode about. But, like, I, like, felt like my whole world was like rocked because that's like the my whole life I had been like oh I'm like Mm -hmm. going to go to med school I'm going to be a doctor like period that's it that's like all I'd worked over for like 22 years and then it didn't happen and it was like oh well I guess I'm not like you know it was not like oh it's okay like you still are going to be like you know it wasn't like you know you do this next time it was like okay you are you are not and it's like annoying and then the third thing I was going to say is that um when men and women are given raises Women, when they come to the table asking for a raise, have to show in the past what they've done to be deserving of a raise, whereas men have to show their potential to earn more in the future. So men could come and say, oh, well, I'm going to do this and I'm going to, I have the potential to make this extra money for this company, whereas women have to say, this is what I've done in the past to make money for this company. And those two things are rewarded differently. Mm-hmm. Or rewarded with the same reward, but they're different things that get the same reward. I By the way, if you want to, 
if you want to know what it's like to be a woman and try to get a raise, work in higher education. Oh, my God. Yeah. Because, because that's exactly how it works for men, too, in higher education. I don't know how... I've never worked in the business world. I, I don't mm-hmm. understand. I don't know that, I think that world. But I know that you can't just go in and say, I'm going to do a lot of great things. And right. I think all of these like facets of our society just illustrate that we see value in men and we don't see value in women. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you're either an asset as you are or but men have the potential to be more or do more. Right. And I can really relate to you know the fear of failure just because it took me so long to like not freak out when I didn't know something mm-hmm. or I couldn't figure something out right away and like accept it as an opportunity accept a challenge as an opportunity for growth rather than like a proof of my own inadequacy yeah and I really think that comes from the way we're indoctrinated especially in our public or you know general education system right you yeah. don't think men feel that way too though I think it's different because I I, I- I don't know. I, I, I think probably everyone feels in some ways like, you know, like if they come are met with a challenge like that, they that maybe this is a point of their failure. But I think that men are given a lot more leeway yeah. to fail. And I mean, it also like it definitely depends on personality. Like, I don't think that putting men and women in boxes is obviously the right way to go because that's like the point of feminism yeah, I, yeah, is that too. But like for a perfect example, like, OK, I love my brothers to death, but they're idiots sometimes. Perfect example. Everyone <laughs> thinks that Luke has the most potential out of any of us when like clearly I am the most high achieving of me and my siblings. Like <laughs> I'm the one in a graduate program. I'm the one who's going to have an advanced degree. I'm the one who's going to, you know, like. Like, everyone's like, oh, Luke has such potential. He could make so much money if he wanted to. He could be so successful. But guess what? Luke did exactly what he had to do to get C's all throughout high school and college. And, like, because he could. Because that's, like, what was okay for him to do. You know? And then also, like, Luke would show... Like, Luke would, like, just not show up to work sometimes. And, like, he never got disciplined. You know? Like... And I'm not saying that happens to everybody, but I'm saying that it happens more often to men than it does to women. See, here's what I see when, here's what I hear when I hear the word, he has so much potential. What I hear is, he is a fuck up. Yeah, he's not a hard worker. I'm not saying that about your brother. I just want to be clear, Luke, if I knew you, I'm sure (laughs) he'd be a hell of a guy. I don't know you. But I'm saying this, when I hear somebody like, oh, he has so much potential, what I'm hearing is, he he needs to buckle down and get on with his life, do something, you know, useful. But you're saying that I'm not sure. I I don't, this whole potential argument isn't, it doesn't feel right to me. It's not working for me. I guess I'm speaking from my own experience of being frustrated when I did all the right things growing up in middle school and elementary school and high school and still not being respected for my accomplishments hmm. because of other dudes who were quote had potential right and screwed around but yeah. well i think it's also the fact that like i'm uh i think maybe not so much as like you know he can take longer to get his shit figured out like i think that's the point of potential is that like men are given a lot more chances okay. and a lot more like time to get their shit together than maybe 
boys will be boys. You yeah, know, they, yeah, it's kind of that same idea. He's just feeling she's just sowing his wild oats, right? Yeah, in in preparation for some future, yeah, where he'll be incredible. Yeah, exactly. All right, I don't know. I, yeah, I can see that. But anyway, uh, they. Um, but she also talked about like the cage of masculinity. Yeah. And, um, which is a cage and you know it harms it harms young boys i so i recently in this last week i i came across this story i don't know like how you know i didn't like verify the source or anything but it was this like face painter she worked as a face painter or like a clown or something and she tweeted about her experience of like face painting for little kids and she um i know exactly what you're talking mm -hmm. about yeah and a little boy wanted a blue butterfly on his face but his mom was like he doesn't want that and then (laughs) the face painter kind of insisted like oh it's fine like i can do that for him and eventually the mom you know leaned to her husband or partner or whatever and was like do you want your son to have a blue butterfly on his face and he's like no and then eventually she basically made him get a skull and crossbones and this little boy still wanted the Mm -hmm. clown lady asked uh asked the little boy do you want a blue butterfly on your face and he's like yeah Mm. and she was gonna do it but the mom wouldn't let him and like that just breaks your heart but yeah well yeah and i think that's like i think that this is like another interesting part of the book is when she was like talking about how like we've started kind of raising women to be um more masculine like she you know she talked about how like we raise our women now our girls to be like aggressive and with leadership skills you know like quote unquote bossy and like um but she says that um hang on uh, she says gender matters everywhere in the world and I would like to today like today to ask that we should begin to dream about and plan for a different world a fair world a world of happier men and happier women who are truer to themselves and this is how we start we must raise our daughters differently but we must also raise our sons differently and I think that's really interesting because like I've talked to this I've talked to my husband about this a lot like because we always try to buy our nieces like like stem e toys like toys that will get them interested in like math and science um and like one time we bought like one of our nieces like this you know play like these little like those uh little people toys you know we bought them like a castle with like knights and horses instead of like princesses and um I was talking to him and I was like you know like this is fine but we should also buy like traditionally female toys for our male for our nephews like yeah why does that seem so much more fraught yeah it does it's because it's because femininity is associated with weakness right you know girls can be tomboys but god forbid boys have any feminine right. qualities then they're a sissy or a pussy or whatever you know like it's all these like slang terms because in our society being female or is worse yeah. you know being feminine is worse but yeah and i think um ruth bader ginsburg maybe has also said something similar about how like we need to we should not just be raising our our daughters like our men but also we should be raising our sons like our daughters or she yeah our daughters like our sons but also our sons like our daughters like we if we truly like want equality like there's good traits about both sexes or you know wherever you are on the spectrum because like let's be honest I don't think that gender is a binary thing but um but there's like parts of everything that are good and that you need to be successful right and I know that like I go on this tangent rant about uh pantsuits i know we're all supposed to love pantsuits because Hillary clinton or whatever but like (laughs) um 
pantsuit like i don't need to look like a man to be professional and that's what a pantsuit is okay it's telling me that i need to look like a man to be professional and that's some bullshit i hope while hillary's hiking through the woods uh that she's relieved to not have to wear pantsuits all yeah. the time. I mean not maybe she likes like pantsuits and that's fine. Yeah. But I, I don't see how you would like it. But yeah, you yeah. know, shouldn't have to. Right. But we do. We have to wear suits when we go on the interview trail. Right. We... I'm wearing a skirt suit, so well and I have pants and a skirt because Yeah, that's true. It is still a suit. Um also like I love wearing dresses to clinic slash everywhere. Yeah. And I'm kind of like Guys should be jealous because dress- like, dresses I, are awesome. I am I am sometimes jealous of dresses. Yeah. I am. Um, but a dude could never, like... You couldn't do it. Wear I mean, you, you couldn't do it unless you were, like, a, you were trans or something. I, like, it's just not something that you, that men do. Right. And there's no, like, there's no option there. That's, that's uh, kind of a, one of the, I guess more minor bits of the cage yeah but this is just an example of how misogyny hurts us all right yeah <laughs> so we have this joke at my house because whenever I, I would look lovely in a sundress yeah no you i freaking like <laughs> i think kilts are awesome too like we just like need to make the kilt but like just like start with a kilt and then like just grow into like just all dresses <laughs> like dresses and skirts so like every everyone can just wear whatever they want but uh oh go ahead Gors. well and like these conversations really like just confront like this deep reality also inside of me where like when you talk about men wearing dresses i feel this tension right yeah yes and it sucks and i know that it's wrong yeah but you feel it right and like and there's as no much point as to I it wa- there's nothing yeah and as much as I want that little boy to have that blue butterfly mm-hmm. on his face, and as much as I want him to not have to feel all the shame of wa- wanting that and somehow being like right. the most important people in his life telling him that he's wrong for wanting that. Yeah. I mean, you think to yourself, what would you do if you, I mean, I think I would probably think it was awesome if I saw a little boy with the blue butterfly yeah. on his face, but like... What if it was an adult man with a blue bag right. on his face? You yeah. know, I mean, any adult with a face paint, I don't know, but <laughs> just wow. we're getting some wow. deep seated yeah. uh, stereotypes of Corbin's I'm just here. Kidding. Yeah, jeez, Corbin. <laughs> How do you feel about clowns? <laughs> clowns freak me out. No, yeah, but right, you like, and you have to confront that in yourself. Yeah, no, and like be willing to challenge. And I it. think that's the important part. Like going, I feel like I never actually ended up answering Dave's question about like how you deal with um, settling into those like gender stereotypes at home. And I think like when Adam and I first got married, there's a sociology professor at our undergrad institution, and we like we're hanging out with him, and he was talking about how like you know I was t- saying something about how we we're talking about housework and how like I like doing the laundry, and he's like, but do you like doing the laundry? because that's how you were raised or because you actually like it and I think that like I do like I've thought about it and I do actually like folding clothes but um I think it's like that's the point is that we just keep having to like find these areas of tension and then keep having a conversation about them poking at it yeah Yeah. and I think that's the point like I think that that's I mean that's what Adam and I do I think every like whenever well it's also easier because whenever we settle into something, then one of us leaves and the other person has to start taking care of it. And I think that's a good way to like... It's an interesting opportunity you guys think for you guys. Do you guys think that like now that people are getting married later, it'll be better for this type of thing? Just because yeah, like, maybe. for instance, I'm single and I have to do everything by myself. Right. And so I know what I truly like and don't like because, I mean, I hate going to the grocery store. Mm-hmm. I like doing laundry. I'm cleaning the kitchen is in the middle. Uh, 
I really kind of like messing around with my car sometimes and you know stuff like that so I don't know it's like I think if I can take an example from my own life it's just an anecdote I really don't know but my mother uh pays occasionally pays me a nice compliment by saying you know you're so much more involved than your father was Mm -hmm. I think these sorts of things change very slowly over time and I think that and and I, I think that the things that are changing are more surface level than the things that I think we've talked about tonight that really need to change. Mm-hmm. You know, the cage of fear, for instance, mm-hmm. you know. So, yeah, I, yeah I, I mean, I'm less worried about what it means that I, you know, uh, put a load of laundry in you know, right. or right. empty the dishwasher or clean the floor or whatever. That's not of any concern to me. Right. Um, maybe I am a little concerned about, you know, the butterfly face or something like that. Mm-hmm. I push it away and I try to do my best, but yeah, y- you know, uh, those things change slowly over time. I-, I think probably, I mean, one of the things I always think about is the fact that, you know, the previous generation teaches the current generation. And so things do change slowly. Slowly. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's very true. Yeah. Um, I was just going to say earlier, one of our jokes at our house, well, first of all, my friend Dylan, whenever he comes over, the first thing he says when he walks through the door is fuck the patriarchy. And I'm like, yeah. And he like does a little bit to like mess with me. Like he always like jokes with me about like anti-feminist stuff. But um, then Adam and I like whenever something, whenever I'm annoyed at something or like pissed off about something, Adam's like, man, the patriarchy. And I'm like, yeah, the patriarchy. Like, it'll get you. And then he's like, I wish I could blame everything on them. And I'm like, you can. <laughs> That's the thing. The it's wonderful. The patriarchy, you can blame everything on. Yeah. Yeah. So. Hey, maybe, uh, it, it's like 42 minutes. Yeah. And I want to make sure that I get in a shout out to Lonnie Anderson. Lonnie. Do you remember Lonnie Anderson? The name sounds super familiar. WKRP in Cincinnati. Uh, Buxom Blonde. Uh, uh, receptionist um, was was uh, rumored for a long time to be involved with Burt Reynolds. Uh. Um, anyway, if you know who Lonnie Anderson is, you'll know why I was struck by the fact that while that she was at Comic Con this weekend for an autograph signing, I don't know why, because hmm. it's very weird that she was there, but she was behind her table all alone. And I just want to say, Lonnie, if you're listening. I hope I hope you I hope that you weren't as upset by that. Did you go get I an autograph from her? I did not. Why not? Because I didn't want to pay ten dollars for any autographs. Oh, oh you have to yeah. pay for autographs. Yeah, yeah, weird. it's okay. it's a racket. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. You should have, and then you should have been like, "Hey, you should listen to Vagabonds," and then uh, maybe she would listen. That's she would listen, I sh- and be like, I d- We're gonna give you a shout out. That's and then, right. <laughs> Yeah. Ah, damn it. Another missed opportunity for Dang self-promo. It, you need to promote us. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're our manager. I'll, I'll do better. <laughs> I guess. Podfather. The podfather. <laughs> what all that entails. Uh, maybe you should repeat again the name of this book. So the book we just reviewed slash went on tangents about was We Should All Be Feminists by Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie. It is excellent and I highly recommend I like reading it. it. Or you can listen to the TED Talk. Yeah. yeah. Either she, one. She's very nice to listen to. I think she to. has another TED Talk too. Uh, mm, possibly I'm pretty sure she does from um, early before I think she does about like culture and stuff yeah mm-hmm. yeah but yeah so anyway 
uh yeah but given one of the great minds of our time yeah she is she's wonderful um the back of the book i think this is like a really good way to end off this discussion from the san francisco chronicle it says adichie is so smart about so many things yep there you go clearly so um follow us on uh instagram and twitter so instagram is at the vagabonds pod and twitter is at the vagabonds and we have a facebook group now oh yeah so it's linked to our page so you can search either one of them and then you can join the group and then we'll add you it's uh basically yeah as long as you're not a robot we'll pretty much add you um and then we'll be like posting more stuff we posted um this ted talk so we'll post stuff so that you know what we're talking about um what else there's another thing maybe oh like and subscribe to us yeah rate us us five stars yeah and I think we should just end with fuck the patriarchy. Fuck the patriarchy. I agree. I second that motion. Woo. You have to say it. Fuck the pig. <laughs> <laughs> fuck the patriarchy. You did your best. You have so much potential. I have so much potential. Of course, you could do it if you just concentrated more. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if I smiled more. <laughs> Stop. Mm-hmm. I was going to say. Okay, uh, bye. Okay, bye.